Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice these words. Invest this, oh, not for you, invest this for me while I'm gone. Now, what does while I'm gone mean? He's coming back. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, what does that mean? Well, this is the same thing we tried to share with you. While we're eagerly waiting to go to heaven, we're required to be wise investors. Do you have a retirement account, a place where you're banking money for when you stop working for a living? If so, I'm sure you watch it closely to be sure that you're maximizing your returns. This concept of investing is what Jesus will be talking about in Pastor Mark's teaching. He will speak about the task Jesus left us to do here, which is to tell others about him and bring them into his kingdom. You've been given talents, physical, monetary resources, and time. You're expected to use all of those to move God's kingdom forward. Pastor Mark will be teaching you how to do that today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part one of his message, Stand Firm in God. If you like eating fresh salmon, could I see your hand? Terrific. Healthy for you, right? How many like fresh salmon? It could be on that, well, you remember that cedar plank that they cook it on? The very extent, and it gets that flavor. How many have had that? You know, wow. How many like to have it, but have never had it? How many like Alaskan salmon? Alaskan salmon. Let's see your hand. Very different. How many can't afford Alaskan salmon? Could I see your hand? That's right. The Alaskan salmon is very different than the salmon that you and I eat. It's ponds and they just float on top or whatever. And that's the meat. What's different in the Alaskan salmon? Take a look. Here's what's different. The Alaskan salmon, by nature, the wild salmon... They have in them this birth to spawning kind of deal. And they go upstream against the flow for hundreds of miles in cold water. And that's why most of us can't afford $12, $13, $14 a pound salmon. We eat the river crud for six. (laughs) So the next time you have some, you just think about that. Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Paul's going to say one thing to us today. Our culture is going this way. We as Christ followers have to go against the stream. We have to be different. We have to live different. We have to have a different perspective. So Paul's going to show us how to do that. Now, you've turned to Philippians chapter 3. 
Paul is in jail in Rome. He's writing back to a church that he established. And he's encouraging him. We heard this. Look at verse 20. Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. Well, one day he's going to transform our lowly bodies. So that they will be like his glorious body. Now, we showed you a picture of end time prophecy. God's the only one that knows the end of the world. All real believers in the Bible know that there's something called the second coming. We actually believe, along with many, many other evangelicals, that the second coming is two-part. One day, all of us are going to get to heaven. And by the way, when we get there, you're going to see that not only are we going to be in heaven, but we're going to have new bodies. Now, how does that work? Well, we believe... Right now, we're in the current church age right now, and we're sharing the gospel as Jesus Christ told us to do and growing and being disciples. Well, there's a day coming. It's called the rapture. It's going to happen instantly, just like that. And uh, the people who have already died or in heaven are going to meet their bodies that are in the ground. And we who are alive, all Christians, we're going to be snatched up. And as we go to heaven instantly, any of you have been practicing to see if you could be ready? It's in the twinkling of an eye. You're like, oh, the rapture's happened. Let me get ready. I'd never make it. So you have to be ready today. We'll learn more about that in a moment. But when that rapture happens, on the way to heaven, we're going to get a new glorified body. Now, ladies, does that excite you? Yeah. In the first service this morning here at this, I said, does that excite you? And one woman yelled out, no wrinkles. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. But it's way better than that. We're going to get a new body. Now, we're going to go to heaven. And uh, you say, well, Pastor Mark, why, why the rapture? Well, because right after we leave, all hell breaks loose in this world. And those of you that have been to the theaters, you've seen these movies. Armageddon. Well, Armageddon isn't a Hollywood deal. Armageddon is a biblical deal. There's going to be an antichrist, the one world ruler, one world government, one world economy, and one world religion. We're headed that way very fast. The antichrist is coming, and the Jews and the Muslims are going to get together, which you've never heard of before. And at the end of all that, is this seven years is just God's wrath on the earth. So God didn't want us to be here, so he's taking us up. At the end of that... The second coming comes. Jesus comes back to the earth. The first time he comes to take us out. The second time we come with him, he establishes a thousand year reign. And at the end of that thousand year reign, we have a little war battle with Satan. And then here's the bottom line. Heaven and hell. One of those two locations forever. It's the bottom line. Now, as you begin thinking about that, Paul says we eagerly await. And we learned some things about eagerly awaiting. We learned that because the rapture could happen at any time, we learned these things. Eagerly waiting doesn't mean going over to Cracker Barrel and sitting on their front porch with their rockers. Well, I just waiting to go to heaven, Pastor Mark. No wrinkles. Praise God. No, it means that we're to be active because we need to be ready ourselves. We need to be on fire. We need to have passion because 
This little bit of time we're spending here is nothing compared to eternity. We need to be holy. You see, we have to be different than the world. And we use that term, we have to be really. We're not going to be perfect, but we should be different than the world. And we need to be praying because prayer is this deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Now, Jesus knew these things were coming. And he gave us something called the Great Commission. And you're going to see how that fits in a moment. Now, look at Luke 19. Before it went away, he gave lots of parables. This is a great parable. Before he left, and he is Jesus, this parable, he called together 10 of his servants. That's all of us that are Christians. He called us together, and he divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, notice these words, invest this, oh, not for you, Invest this for me while I'm gone. Now, what does while I'm gone mean? He's coming back. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, what does that mean? Well, this is the same thing we tried to share with you. While we're eagerly waiting to go to heaven, we're required to be wise investors. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, you like to see my 401k? My house is upside down. I don't know if I'm going to make the rent even next month. What do you mean? I can't be. I got nothing to invest. Yes, you do. Christ followers, here's what we have to do. We have to be investing our lives, our time, our talents, our possessions, which of course include our money and our tithes and our giving. You see... Everything that you see in the investment portfolio was given to you by God. My life is God's. My time is God's. Any talent that I have comes from God. And my possessions, everything I own, God gave me. And so as we wait to go to heaven, we're not just sitting around. We're investing our lives. And I just want to again say thank you to all of you. Because you invested your time, you invested your money, you guys bought the candy, you fixed your cars up, you bought all the hot dogs. I think we served at this campus more than 12,000 hot dogs just at this campus. You did all of that. And I'm so proud of you because you made God look good. Terrific. Why don't you give yourself a hand this morning? Would you do that? Yeah. Now, why did we do that? So the world would go like, well, maybe they're not just after my money. Well, how could we be? It was all free. Well, there'll be a way they get it. No, we just love you. Now, I already know some of you are saying this. As a mark, I'm 62. It's like retirement time. Let those young people take care of this. You know, you won't find retirement in the Bible. Yesterday, I went to a a one-year party they have every year. We have a ministry called Hospital Visitation Ministry. The pastors definitely go to the hospital. But these individuals have been taught by us. Every single day, they go to all the hospitals in the areas where we're at, and they visit people from Calvary Chapel who are in the hospital. So if you ever get in the hospital, just on your form when you're admitted, if they ask you the church, just put Calvary Chapel. They'll be there to visit you. 
you'll really appreciate that prayer and that personal touch from somebody. Well, we were there, and I just went to give them a prayer and say thanks and whatever. But we were there for another reason. There was another man there. His name is Harry, and we celebrated his 100th birthday. He's there. Now, he just kind of walked in. He doesn't do anything, but he just walked in. No, that's not right. Why was he at the meeting? Because he goes to the hospitals almost every single day and prays for the sick. At a hundred. At a hundred. He also goes to nursing homes two or three times a week. Amazing. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, no excuses. Just, just, just turn to your neighbor and say, would you right now? That kind of took care of that, didn't it? All right, good. I'm glad. I feel better already. Now. There's one more thing. You're going to have to put your thinking caps on now. We normally don't look at, at the world this way. We understand the rapture and the second coming. But sometimes we never really understand the whole principle of this. So put your thinking cap on. Most experts believe that since the beginning of time, there's about 100 billion people. Now, this... Next Monday, which is tomorrow, we're told that the global population tomorrow, I have no idea how they know this, will reach 7 billion people tomorrow. Let me ask you a question about that. 7 billion people, okay? How many of those 7 billion people does God love? Really? How many of those 7 billion people tomorrow morning did Jesus Christ die for? Every single one. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what does that have to do with me at all? Let's just say, and, and we know this isn't true. Let's just say that the rapture occurs next Friday. If you happen to be just turning in and you said, no, I'm not predicting it. It happened next Friday. Got to get a million emails. We have no idea when it will be. But let's just say it does. 7 billion people on the earth. And the rapture occurs next Friday. We estimate about 2 billion of the 7 billion are really Christ followers. So 2 billion immediately leave the earth. So what does that mean? We're left here at this earth right at the moment with how many? 5 billion people who what? Don't know Jesus Christ. 5 billion. But now let me give you a bigger picture of that. Since maybe in the next year, 10 years or so, about 2 billion people will go to heaven. And there's been 100 billion people that have lived. Only 2% of people will ever experience the rapture. Everybody else, everybody else, 90% of all people since the beginning of time will never experience the rapture. It doesn't take anything away from the rapture. It's going to happen. But 98% of the people since the beginning of time died. And then either heaven or hell. In other words, the thing we have to think about is not just the rapture. Because that's going to be a very small amount of people. Did you know that Paul in his day thought the rapture could even occur? That's why he said, be ready. Get set, watch, keep your eyes. But all those people right up from Paul's day, right up to now, and even before that, every one of those people never experienced the rapture. 
They, they died and then went, bottom line, to one of two locations. So what does that say to me? It says to me this. That means not only do I have to be ready and be on fire and be holy and be praying and be serving and, and be investing because the rapture may occur. I need to do all of those things because I personally could die before the rapture. And all the people around me that are lost, more than 5 billion people in the world, for sure 5 billion, they're never going to experience the rapture. But they are going to die. So what responsibility do I have? Be holy. Be ready. Be different. Be praying. All of those things we learned this morning, be investing. Knowing that principle, that bottom line, just, just follow me again, bottom line. End of life, heaven, hell, only two locations. Knowing that, Jesus gave us, as I shared with you, the great commission before it went back to heaven. He didn't only say, here's some, here's some talent, here's some money, here's some things, invest this. But he says, the thing I'm concerned with more than anything else is the bottom line, people. The great commission is this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey everything I command and that I have given you. Teach them everything. So what was the great commission about? It starts with this one. Christ followers not only have to be holy, we not only have to be ready, not only have to be serving, not only have to be giving, but here, we have to be sharing the good news with zeal and passion. We have to be sharing the good news with zeal and passion. Why? Because we have a mission, we have a message, and we have a commission from Jesus. Now, lots of people in the church don't understand. This is called not the small commission. This is called the Great Commission. In other words, it's priority. Last words from Jesus. Preach the gospel, make disciples, and keep repeating the cycle. Because lost people, every single one of them, matter to me. So I want to give you this morning, between now and when I finish... Uh, three reasons we need to be sharing the good news with zeal and urgency. Would you write number one down today? Death is sure, but unpredictable. The reason I need to be sharing is because death is sure, but unpredictable. Some of you know this true story. On July 7th, Shannon Stone, a father, took his six-year-old son, called Cooper, to a Major League Baseball game. During the game, Josh Hamilton, a Christian all-star, flipped into the stands a foul ball so that some of the, one of the fans would get the foul ball. When he did that, Shannon reached out to catch the ball for his six-year-old son, fell over the rail, and landed on the field. And a day or so later died. Now, do you have any 
wild idea to think that day that Shannon went to the baseball field. That would be the last day he'd ever do anything. He would never see his son again. He wouldn't see his wife. He would never do anything again. No, you see, if you understand, death is sure, but it's unpredictable. Well, what happened recently, many of you saw it. Recently, Cooper and his mom went back to the ballpark. The place was loaded. And Cooper went, and Josh went. He went about halfway between home. And Cooper threw a strike. There's the six-year-old son. He threw a strike to the baseball player, who's his fan. Now, you know how Josh Hamilton felt. I mean, he did the great thing. Give a ball to somebody to take home. But the man falls down. So he's weeping and crying. So the whole stadium's going crazy the whole time. So afterward, Josh goes over and gives a hug to Cooper. And then he talks to his mom. She's a widow. And when he went over to talk to her, the newspapers kind of saw that he was talking to her. So they went up to him afterward, Josh, who's a believer. And they said to him, what did what you, you say to that mom? Here's what he said. I quote, I asked her if her and her husband were believers in Christ. And she said, absolutely, we are. Then he said this. Well, we know for sure where your husband is right now. And make sure that this little one, Cooper, knows who his daddy was and what he stood for. Make sure he understands that. You see, that is the bottom line. You see, in that field, there was hope. Why? Because they knew that absent from the body is present with the Lord. Little Cooper will see his dad again. Shannon's wife will see her husband again. That's the hope that makes this life worth living. Do you have that hope? You see, that's why we have to be sharing. Because as I just shared with you, the first principle, death is sure, but it's totally unpredictable. Number two, would you write this down? Why do I need to be sharing the good news with zeal and urgency? Number two, spiritual warfare is real. Satan has a goal. You know, the Bible tells us in John 10 that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's Satan's goal. If you're not a Christian yet, an unbeliever, you're already, there's only two kingdoms, you're already in the kingdom of Satan. His goal is to keep you there for all eternity. So that is the goal. It's a real goal. Satan is a real person. Charles Spurgeon says this, Think lightly of hell, and you will think lightly of the cross. Think little of suffering of lost souls in hell, and you will soon think little of the Savior who delivers them. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching that for Christ followers, your true citizenship is in heaven. He spoke of your need to be ready to serve the Lord, to be under God's influence, to be honest, uh, really, and to be praying. God wants to use you to advance his kingdom. He's given you talents and skills. 
It's time to get out there and use them for God's glory. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Stand Firm in God. He will continue to encourage you to imitate Christ in your daily behavior. He'll also be giving instruction on how to resist the world system's efforts to get you to conform, to squeeze you into their mode of thinking and living. Your walk with God is more important than impressing your friends. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.